This is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Please stand this evening to receive God's welcome as we begin worship. To God's holy people, to the faithful brothers and sisters gathered here this evening, grace and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. And in response to God's greeting, let's together praise our King in heaven. first prayer for tonight, we'll be praying that the Lord renews us in our knowledge of Him, that the Lord renews us in our knowledge of Him. One of our elders here at Faith, Dave Voss, will be leading us in this prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for revealing yourself to us so that we can know and love you. You have, you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So many live lives without understanding who you are, why they were created, or what their purpose in life should be. 
Praise your name for opening up our eyes to know you and show us what you have done for us. May we at faith use the tools you have given to reveal yourself to us, your word, studied and preached. May each of us devote time each day to reading and memorizing your word so that it changes the way we think and act. Bless the preached word. May it challenge and comfort, showing us your character and steadfast love, resulting in worship that is filled with love for you. Thank you for Reverend Schuringer and Reverend Lancer, who are so committed to teaching what your word says. Give them wisdom as they speak your word. Give Reverend Lancer insight tonight as he challenges us to grow in our knowledge, bear fruit, be strong, and give thanks. May we put into practice what he teaches. Bless the Sunday school lessons that are taught. They are not just stories, but they reveal who you are, who we are, and how we are to respond to you. May the catechism lessons that are taught teach sound doctrine, for sound doctrine will produce right living. So many of our problems are due to a wrong understanding of you. If we fail to understand that you are sovereign and will turn to our good whatever adversity you send us, we will be filled with anxiousness and fear. And here, Father, we ask for your forgiveness. For even when we know the truth about you, we are so weak that we may not really believe as we should. At these times, give us faith that we focus on what we know to be true about you and your promises and not give in to fears and lies. May we persevere and endure with patience when we have no answers or we don't feel your presence by hoping in your word and promises and character. By living this way, we will hallow your name, which brings you glory and honor. What a joy to know that our purpose in this life is to glorify and enjoy you. And we can only do this when we know who you are and believe the truth about you. Jesus, you told us in the high priestly prayer that this is eternal life, that they know the only true God. That is our prayer, not to know you just in an intellectual sense, but with affection, commitment, and fellowship with you, our creator and savior. And now as we look forward to hearing your word, prepare our hearts to grow in love, and our minds to grow in the knowledge of you, so that we may please you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Dave. We'll be reading from Colossians chapter 1 this evening. This is a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Colossae. And almost without exception, Paul opens his letter with some greetings, and then he gives thanks for the church that he's writing to, and then he has a prayer that he writes to the particular church he's addressed the letter to. Tonight, we're going to be reading that prayer from the beginning of Colossians. It's chapter 1, from verse 9 to verse 14. Let's read. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, and asking God, asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, 
and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is God's word for us who have gathered here tonight. When our oldest son, David, was about two, we were spending some time at Laura's parents' house, and Laura's dad had to fix the phone jacks around the house. This was back when landlines were still kind of a thing, and he had to fix all the phone lines for some reason. So we got some tools out, and he was taking the plates off that go around the plugs and pulling wires out and fiddling with some different things. And all of a sudden, he had a two-year-old with his nose just smashed against the wall trying to figure out what Grandpa was doing with all the phone jacks all over the house. And when my, when, uh, my father-in-law would pull out a screwdriver, David would say, Why? Why? And then the pliers would come out. Why? Why? And then, of course, if you know how two-year-olds are, he wanted to help. So he'd grab a hold of the tool, and he'd be pulling and twisting and yanking, and Grandpa was patient and explained things and worked with him, and they went from, out, or, um, from uh, plate to plate, from place to place in the house, fixing all the phone jacks and figuring out how screwdrivers worked and how pliers worked and how all these things that you can and can't do. And you know, that's how a lot of us learned a lot of things, whether it's working on the house or working on a car, learning how to learning how to cook, working on the computer even, we learn by watching other people. We learn by seeing how other people do things and getting a feel for the tools and a feel for what you use when and how you do different things by watching someone else. And you know, that's true of how we learn to pray too. A lot of things about how we learn to pray come from watching other people, from watching pastors or elders who pray, from watching our parents pray. And we learn it especially from reading prayers in the Bible. I think many of the prayers in the Bible are intended to give us a pattern for our prayers. That's true of the Psalms especially. The Psalms are sometimes called the prayer book of God's people. But I think other times when we read prayers in the Bible, it's a helpful exercise for us to pray through them ourselves to think about how does this request play out for me for us right here and now and so for our fall prayer focus as a church we're pretty closely following the prayer that paul gives us here in colossians and tonight we'll be looking directly at these verses and tracing out four requests that paul makes in these prayers and thinking just a little bit about how we can pray them for ourselves individually and for our church So our first point, the first request that we'll look at that Paul makes is that he prays that believers would grow in their knowledge of God. And so we pray that the Lord will renew us so that we grow in our knowledge of Him. And as we talk about growing in our knowledge of God, there's two dynamics that we should keep in mind here. One is maybe the more obvious one, that we want God to help us know Him better. We want the Lord to deepen our relationship with Him so that we know who He is more. And I think that's a prayer that we'll be able to pray forever. Lord, help us to know who You are more and more as our loving Heavenly Father. Lord, help us to more deeply appreciate who Christ is as our Savior, as our Redeemer, as the Lord of all things. Lord, help us to come to more deeply know You as triune God, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as three persons existing in love and unity as one God from all eternity. So there's that dynamic of us coming to know who God is and growing in our relationship with Him. 
But any time that we pray that we know who God is, there's underneath that a prayer that knowing God means we know His will. As we come to know who God is more, we come to know His ways, His will, and how He wants us to live. When we pray for knowledge of God, we aren't just praying for some kind of abstract head knowledge that we know certain facts. We're praying that the Lord would deepen our relationship with Him, and then we're praying that the Lord would enable us to understand His will for us better. And that leads to our second point for tonight. Following Paul here in Colossians, we pray that the Lord renews us to bear fruit in good works. We pray that our knowledge drive us into good works. And if things work how they're supposed to, our knowledge of God and our obedience to Him work together. Greater obedience to God's will leads to greater knowledge. And as we come to know God more, we obey Him more. And as we obey God more, we come to know Him more. It's a little bit like, a little bit like when you learn to ride a bike. And at first it's kind of hard, and it's hard to get any kind of momentum going, and you don't know how to figure everything out, and you're a little bit tippy. We're working on this at our house these days, if you can't tell. It's tough to stay balanced if you can't get any momentum up. But when you get the pedals going right, and you get one going after the other, and you start to get momentum, and you start to get speed, it becomes easier and easier to go faster and faster, and then, then you're biking, then you're getting somewhere. Our knowledge of God and our obedience to God are like two pedals on a bike that as they work together, as we keep doing one and the other and the other, this cycle gets us going faster and faster spiritually. If we only have one and not the other, we crash. But if the two work together, we come to know the Lord more, we do more good, we come to know the Lord more and appreciate His grace to us more, and we're driven to bear more and more good fruit and works to Him. There's a cycle that we should all hopefully be on of knowing the Lord more and serving Him more. And as we serve the Lord more, we come to know Him more. And as that cycle proceeds, we grow closer and closer to the Lord. But we know that very few roads are smooth all the time. There are lots of bumps that we hit in this life. Things don't always go smoothly. And that leads us to our third point for tonight. We pray that the Lord renews us to be strong in endurance and patience. We pray that the Lord renews us so that we can be strong to endure and to have patience. And the way that Colossians says this is really... It's kind of maximal. It's, Lord, please grant us, please grant us the greatest possible endurance. Grant us maximum patience. Give us the strongest endurance you can imagine and give us the greatest, longest, deepest patience ever. That's what Colossians invites us to ask. Now, we live in an age of quick fixes, of easy solutions, and of pretty smooth sailing which is wonderful a lot of the time, but it doesn't really give us many resources to deal with hard times. Too often, even as believers, we just don't know what to do with suffering. We don't, we don't know how to respond when things don't go right, when we experience brokenness in our lives. When things go wrong, we often just don't know what to do. And real life is hard. Real life is hard. Even just thinking of our church this year, we've buried too many people too young. 
We've had way too many serious illnesses and different struggles. Life, life is heavy. And that's just us who gather here to worship. Out in the world, so many people struggle with so many things, with, with the physical ailments, with the sense that life is meaningless, with spiritual oppression, with all kinds of things. In so many ways, life is hard. It can be so hard to keep going. And so we go to the Lord and we pray for Him to give us His power so that we can be strong to endure and to have patience. And honestly, I'm not sure it's always a great sales strategy, strategy to say, hey, come to the church. We'll teach you how to endure and how to develop patience. It'll be fun. But real life is hard. And often one of the ways that we grow deepest in our spiritual walk is through times of trouble and affliction. So often people have spiritual breakthroughs right in the midst of hard times. And so we go and we ask the Lord to give us power to be strong, to endure, and to be patient. To put up with stuff that we can't change. To have patience for the time that things will finally go the right way for us. We ask God to give us strength to endure and even to have joy in the hard times. But that's not, it's not the end of the story. We could stop there, but Colossians doesn't. It goes on and it tells us to give thanks. Not just to pray for endurance, but to actively give thanks to the Lord for all that he's done. Now, we're usually much better at being anxious and worried than we are at being at peace and grateful. There's just something about our human condition that when life is hard, we get very focused on things and we get anxious and we get worried and we get wound up. And when life is good, we kind of forget about God and we don't really think that any good things come from Him because we're busy enjoying life. But when we don't give thanks, when we don't give thanks, we're experiencing what uh, one author that I read this week calls a catastrophic loss of perspective. At the times in our lives that we don't give thanks, we have lost sight of how much God really has done us. As we read here in Colossians, even as it acknowledges our need to pray for endurance and patience in hard times, it talks about, it talks about how God has given us a place, a place in his inheritance. It talks about how the Father has made us belong to him. It talks about how we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and we've been brought into the kingdom of light. It talks about how we've been forgiven and we've been reconciled to Christ it talks about how everything is different now because we belong to Jesus. We have been moved from darkness and brought to light. And the more aware we are of that deep, deep reality in our lives, the more able we are to live at peace and the more able we are to live lives of gratitude and the more able we are to really give thanks to the Lord all the time. Now, Colossians doesn't, it doesn't tell us to pretend that everything is okay. We know that's not the case. Colossians tells us to pray for endurance and for patience. But underneath and around and over those needs to pray, just, Lord, help me get through this. All around that is the reality that God has already given us the greatest gift 
that he could give us. God has given us Jesus Christ, his own and only son. And in Jesus, we have, we have hope for today. And we have eternal life with God that will last forever. There is, in so many ways, nothing more that God could give us than what he has already given us in Christ Jesus. And so even when life is hard, if we take a step back and we really, we really gain perspective we realize we have a lot to give thanks for. Even in the midst of our suffering, even in the midst of our trials, even in the midst of things that we just endure, we always have reason to give thanks. I do not say that lightly, but I do say it seriously. We have reason to give thanks always. No matter what comes, no matter what suffering or struggles we experience, we have reason to give thanks because the Lord loves us. And I want to close with that tonight. We pray for God to renew us in knowledge and good works. We pray for endurance so we can, so we can have patience. And we pray for the Lord to renew us in giving thanks to Him always because we do always have reason to give thanks.